Good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling? I'm feeling beat up by a toddler, but replenished because I just had a banana. Hmm. How, how are you feeling? I am feeling like the practice of deep breathing has been my saving grace today. Oh, wow. But for it, I'm grateful because I've been actively doing it. Yes. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Yes. Hey. I feel like we should tell folks why we got the little baby whisper on. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but we got a baby. Oh, yeah. Who is sleep. She's our baby, but she's barely a baby these days. But uh, Kamali is on my chest. And... It is so beautiful. Mm. It's so beautiful to be able to be present with her. Present for my needs. Able to do this podcast. It's the totality of what brings us here. So I am fully present in all parts of me and grateful. I love that you said that because... Earlier today, when we were getting in the car with her, she was just as sweet as can be. But right before getting in the car, there was a little bit of a fuss. And I remember saying to you, like, man, I just love her. Like in all of in all of her fuss and then in all of her sweet, I am grateful for this little little being. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like she means so much to me. And I remember the days when reflecting on being Kamayu's mother, I used to talk about like the desire, the hope that I had to want to hear the cry and want to hear the fusses, you know? Mm -hmm. So even though like I find myself exhausted some days, Mm -hmm. it's still incredibly grateful. Absolutely. And I, I mean, it's not like, I don't know who wouldn't be, but you know what I mean? Like I'm just recognizing what the journey has been and where I am presently. Certainly. Even when she challenges me, I know that it's evolving me and growing me. Mm. And this is the challenge that I want to be present for. Yeah. So I take inventory of what challenges I don't have capacity for. Mm-hmm. And some of those other challenges have to get tabled. Mm-hmm. But this challenge is the one I want to be present for, for as often as it calls me. I love that. Well... I have an affirmation that I was flipping through these pages a few times in my book and I came across this about three times and I don't know, I think it could be fitting. It's a a reminder that reads on page 68, I make peace with the grief and honor the love. I make peace with the grief and honor the love. Mm Mm-hmm. I uh, I love that affirmation. I think that the adaptation 
for me today mm-hmm. is I am making peace with the grief mm. and honor the love. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grief and the peace that is promised, it isn't final. It requires active work every day. Mm-hmm. And my brain develops new questions or new scenarios or new desires and new wishes. Mm-hmm. But I think that the practice of making peace gives me the whatever peace is available in the moment. Yeah. Right. Uh, And some days, if that means I need a little more time to sit with my feelings or the questions that are developed from it, Mm -hmm. then that's also the practice that I, I honor. Yeah. I think for me, that's where it was written from being aware in my body and, and in my heart when I'm experiencing the grief, right? Because grief doesn't always feel good, though it can coexist with so many other emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, I have learned to recognize it in my my emotions and also in my body. Yeah. When I experience that, I am reminding myself of why I'm experiencing it. And Mm. I'm realizing like, okay, this is the love that I have for her. So I am okay with feeling like this today. Because it's giving me an opportunity to honor the love that we share. Yeah. And so it becomes this invitation to writing or whatever ways that Kamayu will show up for me that day. I get to like fully be present in that. Yeah. And I picked this particular affirmation because, as you know, like we just had another Mother's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And prior to, well, as we were approaching Mother's Day weekend, I had had these hopes and desires to give to other mothers who had experienced a loss, similarly to the ways that we did during October for Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to hold space. And this is actually a few months prior to May that I had this idea and I shared it with you. Mm -hmm. And we started to investigate the ways that we could make ourselves available to hold space for mothers. When doing that, there are some, what do they call it? Like ducks that need to be in a row. Is that the phrase, the term? Or it's not duckets, is it ducks? I think it's ducks that need to be in a row. And the way that I had originally thought of it happening, those ducks were scattered, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I wasn't sure in which way I would be able to hold space, um, big or small. What was amazing is that Kamayu had made room for me to be of service to other mothers. Mm -hmm. So we had a beautiful opportunity the entire weekend. I mean, incredibly busy. And it actually started on Friday, Mm -hmm. right? And Friday before Mother's Day, Soul Affirmations, be imaginative and the song remedy came together to host mothers of the movement. Yes. This was uh, in partnership with live free, right? So there is a exhibit happening right now at the D young museum mm-hmm. by Kahende Wiley. And some of you may know Kahende Wiley's work from the portrait of was the Obamas. The Obamas. Yeah. Right. But he has a special exhibit at the D. Young Museum that honors mourning. 
mm-hmm. and it's telling our story differently. So Live Free had it in mind to invite the mothers of the movement, which would include Gwendolyn Carr, who is the mother of Eric Garner, Wanda Cooper, who is the mother of Ahmaud Aubrey, mm-hmm. Ton Hall, who is the mother of Miles Hall, Mona Hardin, who is the mother of Ronald Green, Deanna Johnson, who is the mother of Andrew Joseph III, and Reverend Wanda Johnson, who's the mother of Oscar Grant. Hmm. I just, I just want breath to exist there. <laughs> yes. Because hearing their names and hearing their children's names, mm-hmm. there aren't any more words left in the English language to describe, uncover, make room for their stories in the way, the nuance that it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it isn't words. That's why we just chose to be present. But on this particular podcast, a breath is fitting. Mm-hmm. Very much. And <laughs> so I didn't know in which way I would be in service to mothers. And then this opportunity comes for us to hold these mothers. Now, I didn't know who the mothers were initially in the planning portion of holding space for mothers. Uh huh. And when I found out, what was it? Maybe like three days before three, three or four days before who the mothers were, I just cried. And I did not expect to have this, this emotion, this reaction to who I would be serving. But I think what I was feeling was just like this apprehension of not being able to do it, not being able to show up for them. Mm -hmm. And it hurt my heart because as I'm thinking about who these mothers are, I'm realizing like, I don't know their children outside of state-sanctioned violence. Mm -hmm. And that really bothered me. And once I began to explore that, I started to understand, okay, these, this is the way that I can hold space. In my experience with grief, I found it so incredibly important to tell my story for myself, talk about my child in the ways that I wanted to talk about my child. And I knew that this would be the approach that I would want to take in holding space for these mothers. And it was beautiful. We had this long table that we could all sit together, eat together, and just create space for conversation and connectedness. A long decorated table (laughs) and the room was incredibly decorated. Before we get into just the beauty of what that day presented, Mm. I want to name for the listeners the context and the setting in which this happened. Okay. Okay. We held space inside of the Way Berkeley Church. Mm -hmm. And you might hear us talk about um, our pastor here, Uh, Pastor Michael McBride, whom some of you may remember an episode earlier when I said it was the words he spoke to us inside the hospital that really helped me hold space for Felicia in a way that uh, in a way that I previously would not have known how to Mm. because of the pragmatics and the institution of religion. 
<laughs> but Pastor Mike came to the hospital and said, God is not intimidated by her questions. Mm-hmm. And that statement gave me so much room to let Felicia inquire, investigate. I mean, it's really how we got to Soul Affirmations, mm-hmm. a toolkit for investigating grief's process, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we got there. But it was that early declaration that gave me room. And now I realize that declaration likely was not just informed by our loss, but Pastor Mike's proximity to the movement. Mm. And likely having to Mm. watch mothers and people question God over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. We named a short list of mothers and a short list of their sons' names. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there are so many mothers in this country who have lost their children to state-sanctioned violence, police violence. There are so many families, so many names. Mm -hmm. I could only imagine how many times they've had to ask these questions or how many times Pastor Mike has been in proximity to this type of grief to understand that the questions will come. Mm. So that snapshot for me is really important. That soundbite still plays. Yeah. But I also recognize that we had this listening session, this space, this healing space for the mothers Mm -hmm. inside of the Way Berkeley, which was the same place we had Kamayu service. (laughs) That's right. Okay. Which is the same place, same church that had the nerve to ask us to write a song for Resurrection Sunday (laughs) a couple years ago, which became I'm Alive, right? which became part of an Emmy award-winning film called Dear Beloved. I'm naming all of these things because I would have never, never seen it going like this in this nuance. And the intimidation and the challenge it was to hold space for those mothers, every step prior had to be taken. Wow. Every wrestle with grief, every doubt, every question and all the ways that we came to know grief as love, all of that had to happen before we would even be called into space with those mothers. Hmm. And I just want to acknowledge, Felicia, that it is your love for Kamayu, our love for Kamayu, that has taught us how to create some space for listening for connectedness, for us to speak our children's name and tell their stories. Wow. I just had to put that there because that's how we ended up in the way holding space. I love the reminder of it all and how all of these things over since 2019 are connected, all Mm -hmm. of these pieces. And you said that so beautifully. Thank you for that framing. Because I didn't even... I didn't even remember all the pieces. I have such a deep respect for you, Fee. And that feeling of intimidation that you described, that is exactly what the flesh feels Mm -hmm. because we know it has no resolve. (laughs) But love being bigger than us, Mm -hmm. grief being a part of love, Mm -hmm. that was the power. It was love not answers. Mm-hmm. It was love. Thank you. <laughs> Man, 
I'm just taking a pause here because sometimes you just need those types of reminders. Mm -hmm. You need to remember your whys Mm -hmm. and how things came together, the synchronicities, so you can see like what's really happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I felt in those moments that Kamayu was very much present and still working, but I didn't realize how far back she stretched for all of this. All along. Yeah. Which is evidence of how infinite she is too. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not existing in just one part of the time, not working in one part of time Mm -hmm. on this side. Like Mm -hmm. all the pieces are connected and -hmm. it was a beautiful weekend. And I'm so incredibly grateful that I had an opportunity to be in space with them to hear more about who they are and the work it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I was so very excited to be able to do this work with Be Imaginative and the song Remedy. As you may have heard us talk about Be Imaginative before, it is the organization that Kariga and I are a part of where we have been making space for mothers who have lost children to gun violence. And the song Remedy is um, has branched off from that and it's another healing modality that creates room to honor the healing within. Mm-hmm. And it's done through song. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. song remedy. Man, it was just so beautiful to be able to, to sit there, to listen, and then to offer song and watch the joy like rise in the room for the love of their children. Yes. I remember a few years ago, it was actually 2019, I was pregnant with Kamayu and Mama Lynette had just lost her son, Victor, to gun violence while he was away at school. Mm -hmm. And I remember being at the celebration service of his life and watching her dance. And I did not understand that. Mm-hmm. I even said to myself, like, why is she dancing, y'all? Like, what gives her, what, where, where are the moves coming from? Like, what is coming up in your body that you are dancing? You just lost your son. And I understand that dancing now differently. It is the joy that you have from experiencing that love with your child that can never be taken away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I find myself dancing in the kitchen still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this this really is it it's the joy that rests in grief, right? And I say all that to say I watch these mothers do the very same thing on behalf of their children and singing their names in that room at yeah. the way. Yeah. And I love to be able to see that now and witness that and ex- experience that how powerful that is, how love just shows up in that way. Ordinarily, like, you wouldn't think of it as, like, who dances? Mm-hmm. Who dances after experiencing that type of grief? But it was it was such a beautiful moment to witness and to be a part of. You know, Fee, when you, you named your dancing in the kitchen and Mama Lynette's dancing at Vic's service, and your inability to understand it then. And I just thought about this thing. I remember my mother would say to me, 
just keep on living. Mm. And it's not that you ever want to have to encounter uh, the loss of a child. But no matter what comes your way, when you keep on living, Mm -hmm. you go far enough in the journey to evolve your perspective Mm -hmm. on some phenomena. Mm -hmm. And it is certainly the African and indigenous way of our bodies being part of the grieving process. Hmm. That it is not just cerebral. It is not just the listening. It is not just the counseling. It is not just the therapy. It is not just the grief cards or an awareness week. Mm -hmm. It is a lifelong journey Mm -hmm. and it will require every bit of your fiber. Mm -hmm. And some days it'll come out in dancing and some days it'll come out in crying or shouting. Mm-hmm. Some days both. Mm-hmm. But whenever we are privileged enough to experience the sweet joy that also resides in grief, I now understand the scripture even better when it says count it all as joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I remember like, what joy? What does that even mean? What are you saying? But I had to keep going. It was in my keep going that things would be revealed to me. And that I would also recognize that the intimidation I felt in the presence of mothers who have lost their children was only my flesh's response. Mm -hmm. But if I can quiet my flesh, my thoughts, and surrender to the frequency of love, it guides me. It guides me spiritually. It guides me physically. And suddenly I'm not just a person who is hurt or can't understand. I have new responses. Mm -hmm. Things that don't come from my brain or from my lived experience. They come from deep within my spirit. When I'm able to listen, when I'm able to hear. It is so intimidating being a father, a man in the presence of women who have lost children, even my own wife. Because I recognize there's a part of me that can never carry that in fullness. Mm. But it takes me surrendering to love. It takes me becoming at one with the creator. Mm-hmm. It's a divine approach that then gives me the ability to rest in that space and serve. We talked about the uh, song remedy and its offering in that space. And I really believe the the cause for collaboration is because it's bigger than any one of us can hold and it's bigger than any one organization can hold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a large part of the reason why I advocate for wellness being the genre and why I want so many spaces that black families and black people can access because we still don't have enough no matter how many we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it took the combining forces of our lived experiences. It took soul affirmations And the losses and the love that brought us there, it took the song remedy and the losses and the love that brought us there, right? Meet, we sing your name. It took be imaginative, right? Mm -hmm. And Molly and Asada, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, My mother was also in this healing session that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And she came in as a, I mean, you need them, a prayer warrior, somebody who can, go inward deep enough and retrieve from the spirit 
but certainly we wouldn't be in there if I hadn't experienced the loss of my brother in 2014. Right. So be imaginative that Felicia speaks of. We're a part of it, co-founders of it. And and none of this came by way of what we want to do. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. a need response, a space to be. And to learn from other mothers. One of the big highlights of this space, I remember, was the learning of the tools and modalities that each person has had to create or involve themselves with. Yeah. And um, Deanna, the mother of Andrew Joseph III, mm-hmm. talked about how they've been collecting resources to feed families when they're grieving or to offer cleaning services to family when they're grieving. Mm -hmm. And I vividly remember how much we needed that. Yeah. And those are some of the things that make it possible to sit with the feelings that you need to sit with because they're not going anywhere. And I thought it was so remarkable that when we did that deep listening and took inventory of what was happening around the space, Mm -hmm. we also learned of tools and resources and practices. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we could all implement and or adopt mm-hmm. right or make room so that we could all love more abundantly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that space transformed me it transformed our family I consider myself honored to be Kamayu's father Felicia's husband, Kamali's father, and a servant unto a space like that. Mm. As I'm reflecting and listening to you, I am finding myself incredibly grateful for the love. Not just it, it's the love by by motivation, the will to keep going, the will to show up as their parents. Mm-hmm. I said to them, like, Can you imagine if I had just been quiet? What if grief had silenced me? Really, actually, what if grief illiteracy had silenced me? Mm -hmm. Right, Because I think grief actually catapults you into love. And you experience love just differently than you could have ever imagined. But it's that illiteracy, not understanding the fullness of it, that can really silence you and make you feel like, oh, I'm tripping. I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. But how powerful it was that every mother in that room found the will to keep going, to keep saying their children's name, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that I got to see that across several generations of women. And it actually is a perfect segue into Saturday because Saturday I was a part of a panel that was called a Black Woman Healing Panel. And it was myself, Morin, Brittany, and a beautiful harpist named Destiny Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And we had an opportunity to just sit and talk about what our healing practices have been. Sorry to cut you off. No, they didn't just sit and talk. Let me paint the picture for the listener. <laughs> what the heck? I thought I... No, they <laughs> sat and talked and took up the rightful space. mm that black women voices deserve 
So this happened in the Moad Museum, mm-hmm. the Museum of African Diaspora in San Francisco, mm-hmm. a beautiful sunlit room. Mm-hmm. Folks came from all over the nation to be a part of this audience. <laughs> so that's what I want folks to know. The conversation happened, yes, but it is also critically important to acknowledge where the conversation happened Mm -hmm. because so much our stories and the stories of black people and black women, namely, are pushed off and otherized to the side. Mm. So it was beautiful to see you all take center space in an institution um, as prestigious as the Moad, but also ones where your stories and our stories belong. Man, thank you for saying that and naming that. I was just incredibly honored to be in this space. This was held by Rebots Ward, Dr. Rebots Ward, um, in relationship with UC San Francisco and her postdoctorate work. And she has been documenting Black women in their healing journey, focusing specifically in quarantine, but honoring just what those, the process looks like, the stories are. And to be in the room, to be able to have a conversation with my sisters who have held my hand in the journey at really holding each other's hands in the journey and listening to how our stories are so connected. Mm-hmm. I just thought to myself, like, man, Kamayu is really putting me to work this weekend. <laughs> She's really putting me to work this weekend. And I, I couldn't be like more grateful for it, to be able to show up as her mother in that way, in service and in practice, right? Like, Man, dap my fist. <laughs> Give me dap right now on this air. Stop she playing did. with me. She did, especially when I didn't know what this weekend was going to look like in yep. the ways that I wanted to show up for mothers. Yep. She was like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. I already got this kind of lined up. That's why these other ducks are not like sitting in this row mm-hmm. the way that you desire because- there's something greater that's happening. So mm-hmm. it was incredibly, I, I'm just so honored to have been a part of that weekend, to be able to show up in that way. Amazing I had a, my first time ever reading from my book, like like a book reading, right? First time ever. I have been the only person to hear her read this book out loud <laughs> since it was in its pre-publication phase into its publication phase. And there was power in your voice when you read those words aloud. Mm. And I also watched those words find people in the room and equip them with the language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you said grief illiteracy silences you, it's not just our own illiteracy. It's the illiteracy of the world around us. So yes. we are afraid of saying what we don't feel can be understood or mm-hmm. misunderstood mm-hmm. so grossly. Mm-hmm. But every time you show up in a space and we make these offerings we are contributing to the grief literacy of our people mm-hmm. and the ability to access those feelings and create the conditions to go inward. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't learn to go within, we're surely going to go without. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, say that again if we don't go within. We'll certainly go without. And if, and if you find that soundbite of information uh, fitting and it speaks to you, then you go on to the Black Love Podcast Network and you check out the amazing Clarks hmm. because that piece of information came to me from Anthony Clark mm-hmm. in a one-on-one conversation we were having. <laughs> 
And I told him how much that framing is helping me, but it's also going to help the people around me. So I am so grateful for soul affirmations, creating the conditions for us to go inward, for Kamayu and Kareem creating the invitation for us to go inwards, for how this work is part of a design much bigger than us. And we have room to investigate it. Mm-hmm. That's where we find the wonder. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I said before, September was a holy month for miracles and wonder. Mm-hmm. And I've also declared that May was as well. I needed more time. And these miracles and wonders are speaking to us from dimensions beyond us. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that we have a space on the Black Love Podcast Network to investigate it. It's beauty, it's challenge, and all the ways it calls us. Mm-hmm. It also called you, Dr. Felicia. <laughs> I heard you talk about Dr. Ree. Uh-huh, I love Dr. <laughs> Ree. I also love Dr. Felicia and the ways that your brain works for us mm. and the tools you use to investigate these feelings. If I think about that weekend, I find myself grateful to have made peace with that grief and Mm -hmm. I'll even change it that it has catapulted me into the love in practice that I got to experience my weekend with others who are practicing love in a way that honors their loved ones Mm -hmm. it can be grief and experiencing loss a loss excuse me can one just take your breath away but it can it can numb you can cause you to just not move so to honor like to be able to find your way through that love through the love that you have for them to honor them is incredibly profound so I guess that's how I got to I make peace with the grief and honor the love Mm. (laughs) You keep honoring that love. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Thank you to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. Mm-hmm. Our producer, Crystal Hill. Our wonderful team of editors, Michael Bryant and co. <laughs> From our family to yours, may we all love more abundantly. Peace. Peace.